0: you're listening to a toronto center podcast welcome the goal of tc podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders experts and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation In each episode, we will delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation, the financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Toronto Centre podcast. I'm Shalina Visram, Program Director at Toronto Centre. Our conversation today will focus on how financial supervisors and regulators are navigating the current global crisis while continuing and leveraging opportunities for the national financial inclusion agenda, and in particular in Zambia. I have the pleasure of speaking virtually with Mutumboy Mundia and Mubanga Kondolo from the Securities and Exchange Commission, Zambia. Mutumboy Mundia is Director, Market Supervision and Development at the Securities and Exchange Commission. She has over 20 years combined experience in financial markets, regulation, crisis management, business support advisory services, mainstream finance, etc. Since joining SEC Zambia in 2013, She has dedicated efforts to developing new institutional approaches on closing the gap between market supervision and market development, thus has been instrumental in implementing projects aimed at improving the well-being of the Zambian capital markets. She is passionate about excellence, building capacity, and implementing best practices in fulfilling the SEC's mandate. Mubanga Kondolo is Manager Financial Inclusion at the Securities and Exchange Commission, Zambia. He has worked in the financial sector for seven years, three of which he has spent at the Commission being the focal point for matters relating to financial inclusion. In this regard, much of Mubanga's work primarily entails coordinating the implementation of capital markets objectives under the National Financial Inclusion Strategy for Zambia. Welcome, Mutumboy and Mubanga. Thank you, Shalina.
1: Thanks, Shalina. I'm very uh, glad to be a part of this podcast today.
0: Thank you. And before we get into the specific questions, I'd like to invite uh, either one of you to perhaps make some opening remarks.
2: I can make those opening remarks. Thank you very much. Um, uh, we, we're really happy to be doing this podcast. And um, as you know, um, today's world uh, is not really the way we've we've lived and the way that we've known it. And uh, we've found ourselves in a very unprecedented uh, time space where we are having to deal with um, challenge of uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, you will agree with me that uh, this pandemic has uh, a great extent, has to a great extent really um, affected the way we do life. And uh, we've seen uh, our health sectors uh, across the globe being affected and struggling. And then that has transcended as well into uh, the global economic activity, um, which has been characterized by um, several financial markets, volatility, um, we've seen a very sharp decline in most capital market performances, as uh, observed from the prevailing stock prices um, that have had to drop very drastically. Uh, then also, um, we've noted um, ac- across many countries similar mitigations, more or less, that have been uh, imposed on citizens and. Obviously, we support um, and understand the objective, why that has to be done. And basically, we've seen so many of us be victims of uh, the lockdown uh, measure. And with that, um, has, 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 has resulted into um, a slowdown in our global economic growth. So in view of this, um, today's discussion seeks to bring to, to light how some of the um, Toronto Centre's key partners like ourselves, the Zambia Securities and Exchange Commission, Zambia, are combating the negative effects of this global pan- pandemic. And uh, we'll be sharing some insights uh, in terms of how we've responded and uh, the prevailing challenges and what we see
0: going forward. Thank you, Mutumboy, for the introductory remarks. So Mubanga, let's start with you on our first question. Governments worldwide have put in place measures to curb the spread of this pandemic. Is this any different for Zambia's case?
1: Uh, not too different, I must say. I think um, sometime in uh, February we saw our government also, like uh, many other governments, uh, effect some measures uh, that were aimed uh, at capping the spread of this uh, coronavirus. Uh, And uh, also, while we note that uh, the measures are good and uh, obviously necessary, uh, we are also cognizant that uh, they may in the short term have an adverse effect on the domestic uh, economy, which uh, has been uh, evidenced uh, in many other jurisdictions also. Uh, Now, just to bring it uh, to the Zambian context, I think uh, some education measures have uh, directed certain business houses uh, to either temporarily suspend or slow down their activities uh, this has been applied uh, across the sectors, I must say. Uh, one example, for instance, uh, that has been um, immensely affected, I can uh, refer to to the hospitality industry, uh, the mining industry. Uh, not too long ago, we saw our mines coming to to a slowdown in the mining activities, which they we were calling a a temporary um, shutdown, or more or less an opportunity for them amidst uh, uh, this crisis. to to go on um, maintenance of some sort. But really, we could see that uh, that uh, was as a result, partly of of the coronavirus, which affected production. Uh, Also, the retail industry uh, has experienced a tremendous slowdown. I think uh, Mutumboy will agree at the moment in Zambia. Uh, If you visit the shopping malls, for instance, uh, you will see that there's very low human traffic. Uh, Probably because people are asked to make essential movements only uh, by the government and other authorities. Uh, At the same time, I think uh, people feel vulnerable uh, to contract the disease. Uh, So we can say there is really uncertainty as to what extent uh, this uh, disease uh, can cause damage. Um, Measures also include the suspension of non essential foreign travel. Uh, There's been a ban on public gatherings. I think currently uh, this entails that uh, any gathering for instance, shouldn't exceed more than 50 people at any given time, uh, also while observing our social distancing guidelines as uh, directed by the Ministry of Health, uh, just to mention a few. Uh, So just to draw on uh, on what I've said, uh, these circumstances uh, have had uh, a bad impact on the domestic economy. And uh, with respect to that, I think uh, the government uh, through the Ministry of Finance uh, gave an indication of uh, the potential effects Uh, that would be uh, mainly negative Uh, and that may arise from from this uh, pandemic. Uh, Some of them include uh, the slowdown in GDP. I think they mentioned that um, we're expected to see a percentage drop of about uh, 0.8% from 3.2% to 2% uh, in the short term. Also, uh, a disruption in international trade volumes and uh, commodity prices. I think Mutumboy alluded to, to the fact that we are a landlocked country, uh, so that has affected us also uh, drastically. Uh, tax revenues um, uh, by the tax authority also indicated to, to be below the targeted 25%. We've had um, exchange rate depreciation of over 20%. I was checking the Bank of Zambia website today. Uh, the rate uh is currently at 18.6 to a dollar so you could see that um, even as we rely on these imports uh, our costs have uh, gone up significantly Uh, there is also a higher rate of uh, inflation uh, which uh, essentially or initially rather was targeted uh, between six to eight percent today we're looking at an inflation rate of about 14 percent if you look back 12 months earlier Uh, we had an inflation rate that was uh, almost close to half of what we have now. And then uh, last but not least, there could be uh, several other uh, negative impacts. Uh, We have um, an economy which is uh, facing liquidity constraints, uh, which are being evidenced in the financial sector.
0: Thank you for that very comprehensive uh, overview of, at the country level, what the impacts are. So Mutumboy Uh, Being specific to capital markets, what would you say has been the impact of the COVID uh, pandemic on the Zambia's capital
2: markets? Okay, thank thank you for that uh, question. So maybe just also to put um, things into perspective. So the Zambian capital market um, remains uh, relatively small um, and and actually is um, still in developmental stage. Um, The size of its market uh, capitalization is just about uh, $3 billion and uh, represents 20% of the Zambia national GDP. We have very few players um, uh, currently participating. One main stock exchange, which is the Lusaka Securities um, Exchange PLC, and with that exchange, uh, you have... um, 23 listed counters um, and another 11 counters of um, the second tier um, which we call the cottage, cottage tier. Um, the particular exchange is serviced by six brokers, should be about six brokers um, and then generally outside the brokers we have other dealers who would not be members of this particular exchange uh, bringing the number of total dealers to somewhere around uh, 30 thereabouts. In addition, the Zambian capital market has products like the collective investment schemes or your mutual funds. And again, we we have a relatively small but promising industry on that front. Um, I thought it would be important that I put it into perspective. Um, I put it into perspective um, what sort of uh, an industry Um, Zambia is and um, an an important point I think to make from the onset is that our market has um, even prior to COVID been challenged with uh, the issue of liquidity. It's a market that will operate quite inefficiently in terms of depicting uh, what is happening on the ground Uh, and then what what you tend to see with um, the smallness of the market is that you don't have quite a good representation of participant across your key sectors. So, like Muranga spoke about um, the fact that uh, we are mining. I think he alluded to the fact that we are mining is our mainstay as, as a country, but you you don't have uh, a mining company that is listed on the main board. We do have them quoted on the uh, on the tier. Uh, but you will not find a mining company that is listed on the main board other than an investment uh, vehicle that is owned uh, partly by government that invests in these mines. So the challenge there is whilst on the ground, you will make the observations um, such as uh, were highlighted uh, by Mubanga. So you will see there's been an impact in, in the mining sector. We've seen there's been an impact in tourism as well. Um, but that impact takes a, a while for it to be reflective in terms of uh, the indicators on the Zambian stock exchange. We have registered uh, decreased turnover when when compared to January. Um, but again, it's, um, it's not really uh, an issue that we uh, would tie directly to COVID. And um, that is actually supported by the results that we got from the stress testing we did with most of our issuers as at uh, March. And uh, what we saw from most of the issuers is um, their predictions at that time um, was that they w- the, the impact wasn't material um, as they were seeing it as at that period. And as such, um, there were no major announcements in the market. There were one or two issuers that you immediately saw impact in the sense of them actually uh, scaling down um, and 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 laying off of um, workers. So, put simply, we are yet to um, feel the impact as far as the capital markets are concerned. But we 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 can almost predict that it's inevitable that will seep through based on what we're seeing in terms of the economic uh, factors. So a key factor for watching as far as we're concerning the capital markets is obviously the foreign exchange and uh, the impact it has in terms of driving interest in in participating on the market, whether that be from local investors or that be from foreign investors. But maybe suffice to say that um, we're yet to fully um, Attributes and ascertain what the impact what impact COVID has had on the Zambian capital market. Uh,
0: thank you. Just building up on that question, um, so what are some of the measures then the Commission has put in play in in, in uh, play to sort of address some of these challenges? And as well as if you can comment on what are some of the actions that the players have taken in addition to the commission to address some of these challenges.
2: So again, maybe also just to mention that, um, you know, the the COVID pandemic uh, started as far back as last year for some countries. But in Zambia, we registered our first case in um, March, mid-March. And uh, based on that, the Ministry of Health here uh, put in place the measures and uh, uh, worked with uh, the business community to disseminate and sensitize. So, mid March, uh, the Commission was uh, in fact one of the most responsive um, institutions. So we immediately issued um, a secular to all our players uh, because, um, in fact, March for us, uh, March starting March, April. That, that part of the year is extremely busy in terms of annual general meetings. Now, with the guidance from the Ministry of Health for social distancing, um, it became imperative that we needed to guide the market, that we didn't uh, consider it safe anymore for them to proceed uh, with some of the notifications uh, to host annual general meetings. So we guided for those to be deferred and we extended the uh, time frame within which uh, a listed company is uh, allowed um, to hold the annual general meeting. And uh, we also engaged with um, the brokers to to engage their clients who are the issuers um, to, to to begin to explore alternative approaches of how to go about the annual general meetings. And it's it's been impressive that in fact a number of them have come back. Uh, with new dates, some already held, and they've held the meetings, the energy meetings um, virtually. We heightened um, our advice as a commission to the market players um, at the end of March. And uh, with that, actually, we were then pushing for more um, um, steps to be taken in which um, most of the business transactions would move away from face-to-face interface. And and as such, we were compelling our market players to leverage on uh, information and um, communication and technology platforms. Um, that included uh, ensuring that uh, stocks can be traded online, which is not ordinarily the case in this market. And so again, we issued um, an additional guidance note where we were just spelling out um, clearly what the expectations were and uh, and uh, emphasizing that uh, there was absolutely no need to continue doing business as usual uh, on that front and instead embrace um, the online platform. Um, in addition, we mandated all the capital markets operators' um, boards and uh, their management to finish the commission with regular information, um, commencing with the results of the stress test. Um, And again, if if you follow the fact that um, we only began to um, lock down mid of March, so by the end of March, that was just basically two weeks. And so maybe it explains why the stress testing wasn't um, really depicting um, such material um, impact on the part of the companies, And I think it was the issue of uncertainty even at the time um, could have uh, come to play in terms of how the executives in these companies were looking at it. As you know, um, the, the, the pandemic has tended to roll out in a different uh, way or style. Uh, in different countries, and uh, people tend to remain positive. So we we really are looking forward to seeing what the stress test will look like at the end of this month. Thank you for that.
0: Switching to back to the financial inclusion theme, Mubanga. So financial inclusion remains a key agenda for Zambia. Is there a way you think financial inclusion can moderate the impacts of the global pandemic, such as the COVID-19? And if so, how can the Commission contribute towards enabling the Zambian capital markets to unlock any opportunities amidst a time like this?
1: Uh, Yes, Shalina, thank you very much for that question. I think it's uh, it's quite critical that we uh, assess the worthiness of uh, financial inclusion amidst a time like this. Um, I think financial inclusion uh, is still a top agenda for Zambia, and uh, I'd also like to believe that it will be the status quo for some time. Uh, As you may know already, uh, our national financial inclusion strategy has uh, set out a financial inclusion rate of uh, 80%, which is uh, ambitious but achievable at this point. Um, This uh, should be attained by 2022, meaning we have about two more years uh, to do just that, to achieve that target. And uh, also uh, depending on the outcome, uh, there may be an imminent need for policy makers to consider uh, setting further targets. Uh, If there uh, may be need, for instance, to uh, extend uh, the period uh, for uh, achieving uh, more goals. Um, And also closely uh, related to this, I think um, I can make mention that uh, the SEC as a monitoring uh, evaluation measure uh, together with uh, the Bank of Zambia uh, and the PIA. Uh, those are our peer regulators. Um, we had uh, initially intended to uh, uh, conduct the FinScope 2020, uh, which uh, is the fourth cycle uh, of five-year periods. Uh, essentially, uh, the FINSCOP um, helps us to collect uh, information on the usage uh, and also on the demand, uh, including uh, behavior towards uh, financial products and services. Uh, going back to the pandemic, it's a pity that uh, this has uh, temporarily been disturbed by, uh, by what's uh, currently pertaining. Um, now, as far as uh, the pandemic relates to financial inclusion, I think it's also important to note that uh, it has tested the relevance of financial inclusion and uh, the agenda that we have. I remember discussing uh, with Mutumboy briefly, and uh, also I would just like to borrow from her words. Uh, she said the pandemic is a potential uh, a stress test for financial inclusion, uh, not only in Zambia, but uh, also across the world. Uh, in answering whether or not financial inclusion can moderate the impacts uh, of COVID-19, I think I would like to draw on the key elements that uh, form financial inclusion, As you may know, mainly uh, for Zambia's case, where we use uh, uh, elements like access, uh, we use elements like usage, uh, quality, and also the affordability of uh, financial products and uh, services that are being provided. Uh, Apart from this, uh, I would also like to to focus on um, the objective of financial inclusion, uh, which mainly uh, for us is to really uh, uh, promote Uh, an environment where people will use financial inclusion, Uh, not only people, but also SMEs, uh, businesses, Uh, how they can use the financial inclusion to achieve their goals, uh, to achieve their planning, for instance. And uh, all this would be uh, be through savings, uh, through investments, uh, through credit, uh, insurance, and so on. And uh, with all this, I think while we can appreciate uh, the measures uh, to curb the disease, uh, the coronavirus, I think uh, we can all agree that somehow uh, life must go on. I think uh, obligations uh, in terms of uh, people being able to pay for bills, uh, being able to transact, I think uh, that uh, to a great extent uh, will continue. So uh, if you ask me again, I think um, uh financial inclusion really does facilitate uh for that sort of uh, platform uh for people to to continue uh their their life um to transact to uh, to access credit uh, to access insurance uh, and other things uh now um also just going back to to the measures i think uh, what i've observed um is that uh, uh measures uh also aimed to try and promote um the lesser use of cash as a medium of uh, transactions uh, for mm-hmm. us i would uh, like to allude that um, to a great extent again uh, fintech innovation has uh, really helped us in that space uh, being that it's able to, to facilitate for people to access their monies uh, to make transactions uh, through uh, mobile platforms we have uh, mobile banking uh, which is uh, getting popular by the day, Uh, we have also um, uh, MNOs, uh, Mobile Network Operators, who are providing uh, services uh, that they call mobile money. And uh, all in all, um, uh, I would say a certain section of of the population hasn't uh, really been affected in the way that they transact, but I think uh, we also have uh, a marginalized section that does not have access to those uh, formal financial uh, services uh, using the fintechs. And uh, I think it's also at this stage um, that we're experiencing this pandemic to try and uh, think outside the box on how we as policymakers, being the Ministry of Finance and uh, uh, financial sector regulators can uh, sort of try to bring on board uh, those sections of society that uh, may be left out in terms of accessing money uh, as an example.
0: So it was good to uh, understand Mubanga some of the the areas that have contributed uh, to enabling Zambian capital markets in terms of financial inclusion, and some of the actions that the SEC has taken. So in terms of uh, the partnership with the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, and Toronto Centre uh, in building supervisory and regulatory capacity in financial inclusion. In financial stability and market development, as well as leadership skills. Would you say this has actually helped in any way in combating the pandemic?
1: I think, uh, as a regulator, we've had uh, quite some uh, good exposure uh, through the trainings that you have facilitated at Toronto Centre. And uh, though it may not necessarily uh, strictly apply to the pandemic, but I think uh, there are certain elements. that we, we have used uh, during this uh, this period. Muthumboy um, mentioned, I think, uh, uh, an aspect of uh, our ability to respond um, to the directives that were set out by the Ministry of Health, for instance, by uh, communicating through, uh, communicating to our uh, stakeholders on how uh, capital market business will be conducted. So I think, uh, as a stakeholder communications and persuasion element of the training. I think that really helped uh, very well. And uh, also tied to that, um, we have used uh, TC's programs uh, to, help, to help us in our action planning. Uh, you may recollect that uh, we had earlier, earlier targeted to, to develop a campaign that will aid in uh, mitigating investor fraud, for instance. And I think uh, amidst uh, the coronavirus pandemic, that's also a factor that we have considered, uh, seeing that uh, people may be uh, getting desperate to access funds and that we may also see a further mushrooming of uh, fraudulent uh, uh, financial services that are not licensed. So uh, in mitigating all that, I think the action planning that we've set out uh, will also help to a great degree. I think uh, we are almost launching the campaign. It will be launched uh, within the next one or two weeks, and uh, there will be elements of um, of uh, the coronavirus uh, being integrated in that, although not um, not not explicitly. But uh, I think someone who is uh, able to to listen to the key messages that we will be circulating will be able to relate with uh, the current situation. And uh, also, um, I would say we've uh, had a great uh, experience from the TC in terms of the financial literacy and inclusion supervision, uh, which has helped us to track how we undertake this financial literacy and um, how the inclusion aspect itself can be supervised. And then um, one aspect uh, also I would like to speak to, which also probably borders to how the SEC can, can help in, um, in mitigating uh, the coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, impact is uh, closely tied to what we're doing currently. Uh, we are working on a sandbox regulation, uh, which will help to foster the innovation in different products. Um, we've had the rise in, uh, in uh, potential innovators approaching us to create uh, uh, products uh, that are uh, related to uh, crowdfunding, for instance. And uh, where we stand, uh, we do not necessarily have a framework to, to sort of allow uh, those players to conduct business in our market. So the sandbox regulation also would be a great tool to help us uh, supervise those innovative fintechs, uh, as an example. So uh, just to also explicitly speak to how the SEC can, can help uh, with the current uh, pandemic, I think it's out of innovations like that, that we, we can have um, uh, products that will be well-suited to to the users. The users in this case being the affected uh, parties. I think we spoke to, to the businesses that have really been affected. Uh, can the capital markets as a platform that it is to raise uh, long-term and uh, affordable uh, financial resources come into play? I think the SEC there, to a great extent, can help foster regulatory environment that can speak to issues of social bonds, for instance. Uh, Can we, through our partners, be able to uh, get that sort of uh, capital inflow to try and um, cushion the stress that is being caused? Uh, Because uh, closely tied to the liquidity issues, uh, an SME may not necessarily want to, to borrow from a bank, for instance which is short-term, we have um, interest rates uh, that are rising. So can capital markets try and uh, fill a gap uh, in that void? So I think the SEC also has a great uh, role to play in uh, exploring uh, such innovations.
0: Wow, that was very comprehensive. Thank you. Uh, it's very humbling to know that uh, a lot of the training that uh, Toronto Centre has uh, uh, Provided in Zambia, and in particular in partnership with the SEC, that a lot of those uh, topics and tools are being used in this environment. So that's very, very humbling and uh, happy to learn that. In Mutumboy, from our conversation, it is clear and apparent that the pandemic has altered the norm in the financial sector and life in general. From a supervisory authority's point of view, What do you
2: foresee to be the new world? Thank you, Shalina. I I see a lot of uh, new normals that have been dictated uh, by this experience, this unprecedented experience. And uh, as far as I see things, I see a lot of positivity. Um, I will start uh, with sharing a a light moment, but uh, something that we've experienced in our market. So, one of our listed uh, institutions is a brewery, a company that brews um, alcohol. And they've been in in this market for a very, very long time, as far as I can remember. I think they've been in Zambia for over 50 years. Uh, In view of uh, the lockdown measures, um, there's been an impact on that sector. Uh, Basically, being the directive for bars to remain, closed during this period. Um, So we've seen a response, a very interesting response from this particular listed entity who has gone on to convert part of its uh, plant uh, from making beer into making hand sanitizers. I personally would have never dreamt of such a shift in in terms of innovation. And uh, as Mubanga uh, has put it, We have been forced to think outside the box. We've been forced as a country to definitely adopt um, new normals that some of of them like that one in particular, we never really even, it would never have come uh, to our minds if it were not for this sort of a pandemic. Um, The other new normal that we're seeing from the supervision standpoint, um, crisis management. What we saw during this period is the importance of having um, business continuity plans in place, of having the leadership that is well prepared to make the tough decisions, uh, whether that be in fact uh, at individual level, household level, corporates or indeed at national. So I believe that even in terms of how we regulate the market, our risk perspective um, changes drastically and it becomes a new normal. And I think what this has done it has helped to sort of uh, level uh, the conversation between the regulated and the unregulated. So the next time the regulated is asking uh, as to whether there's a crisis management plan in place, I think it won't be an issue of debate because. Of this experience we're all at the same level in terms of appreciating how important it is and um, i want to mention here that uh, on our part as the sec we leveraged a lot on the trainings that we got on crisis simulation uh, with the toronto center and um, most of the approaches that we have taken have really stemmed from that knowledge that we got from the trainings. And on, on my own part, the one thing that kept on resounding was the need for stakeholder management, which we we have enhanced uh, since being in this uh, crisis. Another new normal, uh, I think Muranga already touched on this one, for, for the capital markets, it's digitization. For one reason or the other, uh, we were the one sub sector within the financial sector that was lagging behind in terms of embracing digital solutions. Um, so, you heard that uh, we are now um, putting together a sandbox regulatory framework that will embrace all these fintechs that have been knocking on our doors for some of them for more than two years. Uh, and it's become compelling that we now put in place a statute where we embrace this. Um, the reality, to be honest, is even on our own part as a commission, we've had to uh, really get rid of outdated two boxes. Um, we, we were very insistent, being part of government, that certain things could not be submitted to us, for example, in soft copy through emails, and we'd wanted them delivered at our offices in hard copy. But all those uh, types of uh, belief systems Um, have been changed more or less overnight and we're all embracing new norms of how to do business. Then we've also realized that even for the market players, they have been uh, prompted to literally send proposals of products they think uh, would now be easier to sell uh, because of just how their entire economy has embraced um, digital solutions. Uh, has embraced the fact that you can do financial transactions without literally being uh, having to go to a physical um, bank, for example, or to your broker to invest in shares. So in our view, um, there are positive new normals that have come. And uh, what's paramount for us right now is keeping the economy active in this period. Um, that's extremely critical to avoid economic, economic slum and the capital markets have to remain um, essential in terms of e- enabling that captive uh, growth of the economy. However, uh, we realize as a regulator that uh, this will require an aggressive support system from all concerned stakeholders, who include government, ourselves, and other regulatory structures, the market operators, the investing public themselves and um you know the the rest of the capital markets community and the the message there is we have to avoid worsening the current credit environment in the wake of the pandemic and surely on our part we are so determined to show leadership that these new normals are normal and can be done within our given mandate um which would broadly summarise as uh, the mandate in which we contribute to the process of monitoring, mitigating and managing systemic risk.
0: That's amazing. Uh, and uh, you know it, it really truly reflects on uh, the leadership at SEC with Philip and yourself and Diana. So thank you for that. So Mutumboy and Mubanga, this session has been very insightful. And the examples that you've shared that the SEC is contributing in terms of the Zambian capital markets, in terms of making sure that the financial inclusion momentum is not reduced, and some of the things that you've highlighted uh, on how supervisors and regulators can help to mitigate the impact of COVID on the financial system has been very, very helpful. And it also shows that work on financial inclusion can continue and that you can actually preserve the gains that have been made in financial inclusion. So thank you very much for your time. You've been listening to our Toronto Centre podcast. Thank you all for joining us.